When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, as we all know, Disney is not doing so hot these days. So does Bob Iger deserve to be kept in his position as CEO of the company? Elon Musk says no, and there's a lot of evidence to back it up. So we're getting into all that. Plus, there's a new word of the year. I'm not going to reveal it to you yet, but the kids say it's cool. So we're going to listen to them. We've got all that and so much more, everybody. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold, and I just want to say, first and foremost, happy Friday. We have made it. We were just talking before the show that this week felt ordinarily or extraordinarily long. It just felt like it was dragging on. Uh, But we've made it to the end. That's always good news. Uh, So thank you to each and every one of you for spending the final day of the week right here with me. Uh, So with that, let's get right into our first story of the day, because we're talking about Elon Musk, who, if you've been paying attention to the show, one of my favorite people on the planet. Maybe, well, I I won't say my favorite because I feel like my parents might get offended, uh, but definitely one of the top. Uh, One thing about Elon Musk, he's made it very clear from the beginning, as soon as he entered the public eyes, hypocrisy is not in his DNA. He cannot stand people who wade in those waters, so... Before we get into the story, the developments at which we're going to touch upon, let's revisit the epic rant that he went on last week when he was asked about trying to get Disney to start advertising once again on X following the manipulated Media Matters report. Listen. Apology tour, if you will. This had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope they stop. You hope? Uh, Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money? Go But go yourself. (laughs) Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. Well, Well, let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How amazing is Elon Musk? I mean, truly, there are so few people in the world that would be as brazen as to call out the CEO of one of the largest corporations in the world like that. And he just does not care. Uh, he is so authentic to who he is. And I just I just love it so much. Uh, and you could also hear, obviously, the audience. They were loving it as well. So uh, props to Elon. Uh, Obviously, Elon Musk does not want to do business with people like Bob Iger, for good reason. But now, this is the latest, he's going a step further and saying Bob should be fired as CEO of Disney, posting this to X. He said, quote, he should be fired immediately. Walt Disney is turning in his grave over what Bob has done to his company. Okay, so why is Elon Musk on the attack? Because while Disney has pulled ads from X to avoid being associated with anti-Semitism, 
the reason I put it into quotes is because there is not the anti-Semitism like they claim is on X, because like I just mentioned, there was that manipulated Media Matters report that just portrayed there to be much more anti-Semitism being shown next to advertisers than there really was. They completely manipulated the algorithm to fit their narrative. Uh, something not so new to Media, Mapper, me media Matters. Uh, now, Disney is still advertising, though. Despite having pulled their ads from X, they are still advertising on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Here's the thing, and it's not like Bob Iger doesn't realize this. These three platforms have much higher percentages of anti-Semitic and anti-Israel posts than X do. Not to mention, Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, also currently facing a lawsuit from New Mexico that accuses the tech giant for enabling child abuse and trafficking. So Iger, along with the several other CEOs who have pulled their ads from X, they've gotta be aware of this hypocrisy. Come on, you definitely know what's going on. So is this a personal attack on Elon Musk? Absolutely, it's a personal attack on Elon Musk. Musk wants to uphold free speech in a time when the left is doing everything that they can to suppress it. The government no longer has X, formerly Twitter, in their back pocket like they did in 2020 with the Twitter files exposing this coordinated effort to suppress dissent in opposition to woke politics. Elon Musk doing the exact opposite. Not to mention, you'd think Iger would have wisened up by now as Disney has already admitted their strategy of going woke has failed miserably. In an SEC filing, they said, quote, we face risks relating to misalignment with public and consumer tastes and preferences for entertainment, travel, and consumer products. Further, consumers' perceptions of our position on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of our environment and social goals, often differ widely and present risks to our reputation and brand. Uh, so really, that was just a very fancy way of saying what we're doing people do not want and they're not asking for, but we're still going to give it to them anyways because we're not listening. Uh, that's basically in a nutshell what they were saying with that very fancy quote right there. Uh, listen, I'm a proud member of Team Elon. He deserves endless praise for his conviction to protect the First Amendment at all costs, which of course are all at his own great personal risk. Listen, Musk has been sued by the SEC, threatened by the FTC, and investigated by the Biden DOJ and SEC in several sham investigations against Tesla. But has Elon wavered at all? Despite being from South, he has not wavered at all. Let me just make that clear, that was not a question. He has not wavered at all. And despite being from South America, which a lot of people forget, he's not even from this country. He really truly is the definition of a true American hero. So now with that, Let's go ahead and bring in Kara Frederick. She is a former Facebook employee and also director at the Tech Policy Center at the Heritage Foundation. Kara, good to see you. I've missed you. I haven't seen you in a while. How are you? Good. How are you, Charlie? Thanks for having me on. This is great. Your show's amazing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're perfect for this uh, because you used to work at Facebook. Uh, you're keyed in to all things going on in social media. Uh, so first, I want to ask you, about the whole drama between Bob Iger and X and him pulling ads, Elon Musk obviously does not care. Uh, he's not going to stand for hypocrisy. And if there is any uh, potential that he is going to try and be manipulated into not allowing free speech in the way that he envisions it needs to be, he doesn't want anything to do with it. So uh, what's your reaction to when you saw 
Elon react the way that he did so publicly and so brazenly? I was smiling from ear to ear. I mean, rarely do you see people go into what a lot of, I would say, the mainstream media, you know, the uh, elites, the establishment, the locus of power for them right on the stage with New York Times in the background. Rarely do people go there, sit in those chairs and just really stick a stake in the heart of like all they hold dear. You could see the moderator was like gobsmacked. He was, he was like, he froze. He didn't know what to say. It was amazing. <laughs> So I also saw somebody say, which I totally agree with, rarely do you ever see FU money exercised and Elon was doing it. He was basically like, don't threaten me with money. Like I got all the money. It doesn't matter. And as you talked about before, you know, he bought X because for him, it was a matter of ideology and morality. He was basically like, hey, if we don't have free speech, we have nothing. And I know that this is probably going to be a losing business proposition for me. I'm going to try to, you know, get it on its feet again. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know that this is not the most solid investment I've ever made, yet I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. So he's he's very consistent. And I'm totally with you. I agree that, that, that it is the right thing to do, that he is an American hero despite not even being uh, an American, uh, well, sort of. But, uh, you know, I just think that Elon <laughs> yeah. is, he, he's the lodestar. He's what every tech oligarch, dare I say, should be trying to model at this point. And he's right. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. And, and you're right. He he bought X, or it was Twitter at the time, for way more than he should have uh, because he was kind of duped into paying uh, what was a uh, inflated number uh, because they were showing him, you know, a lot of the the Twitter users at the time that they were showing him, uh, you know, what the platform, how it was valued at the number it was, weren't even real users. They were just bots. Um, and when he really got to flush all of that out, they were still like, sorry, this is the offer. Uh, take it or leave it. And he had a mission in mind. So he said, fine, I will still absorb uh, the cost, even though he knew that he was, you know, getting... Uh, screwed. Uh, but then he had his own way of getting some revenge, which I don't know if you read, there was a whole article about how he he ended up being able to lay off all of these positions right before the deal closed. Uh, he's just he's just an epic businessman. Do you see Disney, Bob Iger, all of the other CEOs who have now pulled their ads 
from X as a result of, you know, this manipulated Media Matters report, which I'm sure they, they all know is bogus at this point, but still, this, is, this actually plays well into their narrative because now they can say, oh, now we don't need to support Elon Musk, which I'm sure they're loving. But do you see this coming back to bite them? I mean, they are advertising on Meta platforms. They are advertising on TikTok, which, as we've seen lately, in terms of anti-Semitism, it's completely running rampant on these platforms, way more than it is on X. Do you think eventually people are going to start calling them out for this and, and they're going to have to make some type of move? I wish, but if you look at the status quo, if it continues, they're not going to be held to account. I mean, just look at uh, some uh, company like Apple, where Apple gets a, a huge part of its revenue from doing business in China, and they have repeatedly bent to the Chinese <clears throat> Communist Party when they make specific requests to not have applications uh, on their app store uh, when it comes to Hong Kong protests, and we've seen that happen again and again and again. So they're willing to do business with the Chinese Communist party, yet they're not willing to do business with Elon Musk. Uh, no one at this point, um, un unless it's the Heritage Foundation and, and people like you, are really calling them out for those inconsistencies at this point. So I really think that unless people, unless this is exposed, unless more people talk about it and are ma made aware of it, then they're not going to change. And, you know, it, it's company after company. I think the, a great example of this is, is the parlor saga. Do you remember in early January of 2021 when yes. um, Parler was under siege and people were saying, oh, you know, they sent operational planning details on Parler for January 6th. And yet we know that it was happening on Facebook instead, on a Twitter at the time, pre-Elon Musk. And yet Parler was the only platform that was punished because we know conservatives were primarily on Parler. So I just sort of see the same saga playing out over and over and over again, unless people are willing to take a stand. And you mentioned TikTok. I mean, look, Congress can't even do anything about TikTok. And this is a Chinese Communist Party beholden company mm -hmm. via ByteDance, which is headquartered in China. China, they are subjected to laws that compel ostensibly private businesses to do state intelligence work and aka work for the Chinese Communist Party. So unless yes. any of that changes, which doesn't appear it is, then I really don't think these big companies are going to um, have to be told that 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 they can't just punish people on the right who don't agree with their narratives. Yeah, and then let's also get into the fact that Meta is under fire right now. There's a lawsuit against them by the state of New Mexico that's alleging child abuse. W what do you know about this lawsuit? Oh, yeah. So this one was brought and trafficking, by not just abuse, but also trafficking. Yes. And, and you know, that's part of, a, I think, a broader theme, right? Like these companies can prioritize what they think is best. In the case of Disney, it's injecting LGBTQ themes into their, their work or opposing Ron DeSantis's bill that doesn't want to sexualize children under a certain age. Yet, uh, at the same time, they um, can target conservatives and seem to have all of the resources in the world to do that, but not uh, child trafficking, as you say, not human trafficking, not a real foreign terrorism like we're seeing with the, all the pro-Hamas content proliferating on these platforms. So I think that's the common theme. These companies prioritize and devote resources to what they want to prioritize, and that is mostly mm -hmm. pursuing this leftist ideology, leftist narrative, and at the expense of, you know, real, real problems. 
So that brings us to New Mexico. When Instagram's algorithm um, as uh, evinced in a lot of these investigations that the Wall Street Journal is doing, the algorithm serves up content to users that are registered as young girls. And this this content is um, adult males, uh, child predators. So it's it's sort of like serving these children or children that, you know, these are registered accounts created by enterprising journalists to, to do these investigations, serving children up to these often adult male child predators. And the algorithm does it again and again and again, as well as serve content to these younger users that is pretty explicit. And um, frankly, in probably going to lead them down a path that that ends in their exploitation. So big problem, New Mexico is calling them to account. There are similar lawsuits, over 40 states are pursuing similar lawsuits against Meta for this kind of um, algorithmic uh, exploitation of children and them not doing enough about it and them knowing about it. That is a big problem. They know about yeah. it and yet have refused to act. So yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but states are, are really galvanizing against this kind of thing. That's what I'm saying is these companies have to understand. I mean, they have to know what's going on. And if they, and if they are so naive to not know once it's presented to them, Hey, this is happening. They should immediately be taking action. But that's the thing is, you know, they're not, uh, which just shows all of the hypocrisy that we're seeing in big tech. I, I, Elon Musk is the only one doing things right. Uh, and, and I just think it's crazy because we used to I remember the show To Catch a Predator uh, that was so popular. And, and now it's like they're doing the opposite. It's like, oh, no, we're not trying to catch the predators anymore. We're actually here, young girls. Here are the predators. Uh, good luck to all of you. Uh, it's just disgusting and it's sick. Yeah. And Charlie, what was revealed so. in those documents um, from some of these lawsuits were that, no, these companies are aware of this and they're and even some of it is still redacted. But we found it were they found in discovery that a lot of the internal research these companies were doing revealed that they were very aware of these problems. And then compound that with uh, some of the whistleblower leaks from uh, earlier in um, in the fall of 2021, where the internal research that Facebook did on Instagram and its effects on young women, especially, uh, they, they said, okay, yeah, this is happening. 6% of American teenagers trace their suicidal thoughts to Instagram. You know, one in three young women, if they had body image issues mm -hmm. slightly to begin with, it, Instagram exacerbated that. This is all internal research from the company itself. So they know exactly what's going on. And that's part of the problem. They're still forging ahead with a lot of these algorithms and with, with plans to try to create products to draw younger and younger children in. Nine to 11 year olds in particular yeah. were called by Facebook as a valuable but untapped audience. Think about that. Yeah, we just did a story the other day um, on the horrible negative effect of filters on women in the, in the rate at which suicide is increasing among Instagram users, primarily young females. So it is horrible uh, what's going on and, and you're totally right. Uh, they know exactly what's happening and they're pretending like they don't. It's all very sad. Uh, Kara, before I let you go, because you you are so in tune with all things social media, what type of, what type of trends are you predicting for the upcoming year in 2024? 
Oh, yeah. So I think we're going to see this surge of Chinese Communist Party beholden apps. You're looking at CapCut, like a video editor. That is also a ByteDance-owned company. Lots of American companies and children and kids use this. There's another uh, uh, brand, uh, app called Lemonade, which is kind of like if Pinterest and Instagram had a baby, you know, that kind of thing. And then kids, especially the next generation, getting their news from these social media platforms. So if the status uh, yeah. quo persists, I think you're going to see a rocket ship uh, when it comes to these social media platforms of use by younger and younger people. And that is a problem for America. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. I just can't even fathom if I was as young as we see some of the users who are on social media for hours and hours a day, what I would have turned out like. Uh, I'm so thankful uh, that I wasn't sucked into that world as young as some of these kids are, uh, because it is. It's there's There's really no upside Maybe the tiniest bit of upside uh, if you're using it properly, if you have the right parental controls and guidance when you're using it. But most of these kids are just locking themselves in their bedroom and just scrolling and, and stumbling across content that they, they shouldn't have access to. And uh, and there there is no guidance. And not only that, but we're losing social skills because people are just on social media all day long instead of hanging out with their friends. So uh Little to no upside, um, as we've mentioned uh, throughout the course of this conversation. But Kara, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back on. Thanks, Charlie. Ah, what a woman, right? She's so smart. Uh, so many good things that we just talked about. Uh, but I think it's very clear uh, through our conversation, through my opening discussion about Elon Musk. Uh, these days, it's more and more rare to find people who are willing to buck the system to stand up for their beliefs, but they do exist. And there is another, an NBA player actually, his name is Jonathan Isaac. Uh, he was the only player not to kneel for the national anthem during the NBA's season in the bubble in 2020. So I had the opportunity to catch up with Isaac to talk all things NBA, politics, and his new Christian clothing line, which just dropped in August. Take a listen. My friend, do you know what Riz means? Uh, yeah, Riz is like, it's like game. You know what game is? Like when you're trying. I don't have any, but I know what it is. It's like the new word for game. So meaning like you, you're able to speak well and, and get, you know, a date kind of. I do not. Do you have any guess? I could guess. What do you Riz think? Is like, I don't know, razzle dazzle. I don't know. Kind of. Actually, you're not too far off. Charisma. Yeah, Riz, charisma, being able to talk someone up. Did you uh, read that online or did you already know what that meant? I'm on TikTok way too much. Okay, another word that has become very popular this year. Do you know what mentee B means? I don't know any of this stuff. I'm not on social media. I don't know any of it. What about mentee B? Do people use the word mentee B in real life? What is that? You don't know mentee B? I've never heard of mentee B. A mental breakdown? <laughs> Play off of it. Mentee B. A mental breakdown. Oh, yeah, but oh, I didn't know that one. But I, I like that. I didn't know that, but I like that. Okay, guys, that was not the right video. Uh, sorry about that. We're going to show that to you again later, and we'll get into uh, that discussion. Uh, let's get to my interview with Jonathan Isaac now. Oh, okay. Just we got a got a few seconds to load it uh, again. Yeah, this is a guy NBA uh, did not kneel in the bubble. 
Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, he was drafted sixth or seventh overall uh, in his draft class, so obviously a very top-tier athlete, and uh, launching a clothing line of his own, which has a uh, Christian uh, undertone to it, which is really cool because you don't often see athletes uh, really touting their religious beliefs, so uh, it's very cool to see what he's up to. And uh, I was really happy to have had the chance to sit down with him, so here we go. Let's take a look at that interview. Are we ready yet? Okay, okay. Um, let's just, um, you wanna just go to the, the end segment? Is that what we're doing? Should we just go to the, the final segment or do we wanna do Jonathan Isaacs, everybody? Okay, okay. So um, let's just get into um, some of the things. I'll just give you a little preview of some of the stuff that I talked about with Jonathan Isaacs. Um, he was talking about how when he made the decision not to kneel in the bubble, uh, it was met with a little bit of astonishment, right, from his teammates. Uh, they were not exactly sure why he decided to make the move that he did, uh, because everyone obviously at that point being brainwashed by the BLM movement, uh, which we have found uh, in, you know, really since it came to fruition uh, to be nothing but a... Uh, a scam, a criminal organization uh, that wreaked havoc on many of our major cities around the country, uh, destroying private property. Uh, the leaders were embezzling funds. Uh, so fortunately for Jonathan Isaac, he had it right all along. Uh, to not kneel for such a thing, it really had nothing to do with standing up for black people or their rights, um, not really any type of activism. Uh, it just ultimately ended up being, like I mentioned, a scam. Uh, and he told me that actually he's had some conversations with some of his teammates since, who now have seen how things have gone down, how things have really transpired in a way that they didn't expect. And now they're all kind of patting him on the back a little bit and saying, hey, maybe we should have listened to you uh, all along. But that is part of the conversation that we're going to get into. And we are now ready, everybody, to play the interview. So. And now here he is, Jonathan Isaac, forward for the Orlando Magic, also founder of the Unitas clothing line. Jonathan, uh, thank you so much for being here. You are in your seventh season in the NBA. Obviously, in those seven years, a lot has happened to you professionally. A lot has happened to you personally. So far in your career, is this what you would have expected? Oh, my gosh, not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, it has definitely been a whirlwind of just growth and and learning and 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 setbacks and just not knowing where God is leading me. But it's been it's been worthwhile. I wouldn't change anything about it. Um, obviously, you never want to get injured, but through everything, I've seen myself grow. Uh, my family has grown. Amazing things have happened, like writing a book, like creating United. So I'm content. Content is always a very nice feeling to have. Content is actually an undervalued feeling, right? Uh, so I appreciate that that's the word that you used, uh, but I want to talk about your knee. How is it feeling right now? It's great. It's great. I've, the, the start of the season has been amazing for us with the Magic, so um, I'm just excited about us continuing to grow and, and, and having a great year. Okay, good. Um, the, the knee is not giving you any trouble, though. I mean, I know that you've still been kind of like in and out of the lineup here and there. Uh, no issues. I mean, you've essentially made the full recovery. Yeah, I'm back. 
I'm back. I'm 100% back. So I've been I've been playing pretty much this entire year so far. Got a little bit of an ankle tweak, but I'm all good. Okay. Okay. So ankle tweak. There we go. That's the reason we haven't seen you as much lately. Um, there's been a, maybe a little bit of I don't I don't want to call them rumors yet. Um, maybe that a change of scenery uh, could be good for you. Uh, is that something that you think about when you take the court for the Orlando Magic, or is that something that, again, uh, being a man of God, you you let things the chips fall as they may, if you will. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, I love playing for the Magic. I love being in Orlando, so I'm focused on here and just you know helping this team win games. Uh, you just can't get away from Florida, uh, for better or for worse. I mean, I happen to love Florida. I think Florida Ooh. is doing things exactly the right way as far as you know this country as a whole. Um, but you look at the fact that you know you, you're a Bronx native, but then when your parents split, you moved to Naples, which was a bit of a culture shock for you. Uh, you ended up going to Florida State play for the Orlando Magic now, uh, drafted sixth overall in the NBA draft back in 2017. Uh, what's it been like to be in Florida uh, in the midst of, honestly, all of the insanity that we've experienced over the past few years? It seems like Florida is about the most sane place you can get in this country. Yeah, it's it's been comforting, honestly. Like, uh, for me growing up in in New York, I didn't know that any other place in the country was different. And so New York is super fast paced. Being a young kid, you're used to it. You get used to it. And once I got to Florida, you know, when I was like 10 years old, I'm like, oh my gosh, this 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 place is other than New York. And so I fell in love with it. I love the the slower pace. I love the the air and the greenery and the water and everything like that. But definitely growing up, more importantly, I love the way that this, you know, that this state carries itself in terms of um, you know, politics and how we go about everything. So I, I have no complaints. Do you feel like Oh, I know where you stand politically, uh, at least, you know, in, in somewhat of a sense. Uh, does the Do the politics of Florida also seep into, I mean, the minds of all the athletes there? Do you think that if you play in Florida, you're more inclined to agree with the more conservative policies that are held in Florida versus a New York or an L.A., let's say? I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, we we, we have our discussions every now and then. Um, but I, I wouldn't say there's a direct correlation. I would say we love the, uh, you know, the no state tax and everything like that is uh, great. And so, yeah. That's definitely one of the benefits, right? That to, to make all this money and have to pay far less taxes than, you know, one of your counterparts in, in, in different cities across the country, definitely a massive benefit. Um, but, but talking about politics and taking you back now a little over three years, we go to the bubble. Uh, the NBA obviously overtook Disney World as being their locale for COVID. Um, that's when you not only suffered your injury, but when you really also took a stand. Um, that's when the BLM, BLM, BLM movement came into existence. And you actually, that was at the point in which you made headlines uh, for being the lone player to not kneel for the national anthem. Take me back to this moment and describe what was going through your mind at that point in time. Yeah, honestly, that moment for me wasn't even really political in a sense. Like when, when it comes to the way in which, you know, the country being treated at that time with the rise of the, the BLM and the Black Lives Matter and everybody kneeling for the national anthem, um, I definitely had the sentiment that, look, you know, America has definitely had her sins, but we've made immeasurable progress. And I'm not one to bash the country that I live in. Um, to a degree where uh, I don't see a way forward. Um, so I'm I'm not there. I'm not. I wasn't never really in that camp. 
But for me, it was more so looking at not only the tragedy of what happened to George Floyd, but just what could be a viable solution. And I didn't think that kneeling for the national anthem or wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt was going to be the answer. I thought it would, it would create more division and just more hysteria. Um, and for me, being a Christian, I felt that the only true answer to not only racism, but all the problems that we see is a heart change, which comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's what I wanted to stand up and say, hey, I see the issue, I see the problem, but I don't agree with this solution. And my solution is to offer the gospel that we all fall short of God's glory and we could have real change if we all recognize that. Uh, were your teammates at all confused? Were they disturbed? Were they supportive of your decision to stand when everyone else made the decision to kneel? Yeah, I think all of that, <laughs> all, all, all of that in one. And I, I understood it. Like it was, it was a very emotional time. Like, you know, we had guys on our team that were very proactive in the BLM movement. They were going to, you know, rallies and and, and everything like that. So I understood the the emotions of the time. So I got it all. You know, some players were extremely frustrated. Some players were completely confused. Like, okay, can we just kind of carry on and get over with this? And you know, there were some players that were like, look, we know who Jonathan is. Um, and you know, he respected us in our decision to 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 kneel, then we should respect him in his decision to stand. And so I got it all. Yeah, and ongoing conversations must have taken place since. I mean, we've have so much more information about BLM, about George Floyd since the summer of 2020. I mean, A, we've seen, unfortunately, that BLM took a pro-Hamas stance recently, uh, putting the picture of the paraglider up. Uh, have there been any conversations within your locker room about, hey, man, like, maybe you did have it right the first time around. Maybe maybe we should have been a little bit more receptive or understanding to why you were doing what you were doing. Is is any of those conversations taking place? Not not recently. Um, I've, I've had a few conversations kind of going back just a little bit of time where, you know, guys were able to say, hey, I was definitely emotional during that time. And, and you know, I think that was a way of saying sorry. But uh, yeah, not too many conversations as of late, but definitely learning about the way that BLM use the funds um that they were given uh spoke to you know the the integrity of the organization absolutely and you know when i hear you talk uh obviously you're a religion first guy you are not ashamed uh to put religion first i know that in sports a lot of people if they are religious they kind of keep that a little bit under wraps there's been so few athletes that we've seen you know speak the way that you do uh coincidentally also in the great state of florida to Atunga Bailoa. Same thing, a uh, religious guy uh, made it very well known that he he doesn't like to have to miss church uh, for games on Sundays, but of course that's part of the job. Uh, but that's very respectable. You know, you you march to the beat of your own drum. What is that like to be so uh, grounded in your religion and, and make that just part of who you are on an everyday basis, even though you are, you know, one of the very few in pro sports who have done so? I think it's just being authentic. Like, you know, I, I I can't I can't speak about who I am or the way I'm doing things or why I'm doing the things that I'm doing without, you know, honoring Christ as the reason why I'm doing it or uh, the reason that there was a transformation in my life. And so I just try to my best to be authentic and lead with what has helped me. And I know that it, it, it can help and transform not only individuals, but our entire country and world um, if we were to believe it. So uh, I just try my best to be authentic. Uh, authentic you are, and that was one reason that compelled you to launch the Unitas clothing line in August of this year. How did this idea come to fruition, and what has it been like since the launch? Yeah, so the, the idea actually started with the sneaker. 
So uh, during the bubble, I was a Nike signed athlete and then I got injured and I ended up not re-signing with them. And so I actually went to my pastor and told him about, you know, not having a shoe company. And he said, you should start your own. You should, you should create your own sneaker. And I'm like, okay, you're insane. You know, nobody just makes their own sneaker and what well, without having a brand behind them. And so I went down the road of what would it look like to create the sneaker. And then that, that developed into this bigger conversation. Um, why just create a sneaker? Why not create an entire sports and apparel company that lovers of God and lovers of country can feel good about and, and be encouraged in their values to say, this is who I am. This is what I stand up for and to give these people a home. And so that's what, that's, that's kind of the birth of Unitas. And we've just kind of went down the road of, of starting it. Uh, it launched, like you said, in August. And then we just dropped the the first sneaker, the Judah one. Um, people can check them out at weareunitas.com. Um, but it's the first NBA uh, specific sneaker uh, or personal sneaker with a visible Bible verse on it. So there's five colorways, four or five have dropped and people can check them out. And what has the reception been like so far? People excited? Honestly, it's been fantastic. You know, people have really gotten behind it and we're just working on continuing to get the word out and continuing to just grow Unitas from a SKU standpoint and being able to offer more things to more people. I actually, I know what SKU means uh, as I have learned more about the the fashion industry myself. So uh, I got excited when I just heard you use the word SKU. Anyways, um, has there been anyone who said like, this is something you shouldn't do? Or has everybody just been like this totally, John? when we think of Jonathan Isaac, we think of Unitas. Oh, I mean, absolutely. There's definitely been, you know, pushback or, you know, you know, social media at the end of the day, um, there's always a, a swell of negativity there, but I've always been focused on trying my best to see the positive and everything. And, and, and there's been an overwhelming support coming from tons of people, you know, from different backgrounds who understand the necessity for an alternative, because as you know, sports apparel companies continue today to move farther away from godly values and principles and also constitutional values and principles. And so I think it's important to have an alternative out there. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish with you, Midas. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I've seen uh, some of my own friends uh, on social media who have been sporting the Unitas brand and all of the stuff looks amazing. So congratulations to you. Uh, it's not easy to launch your own company. And I feel like it's not easy to launch your own company and do it in a way that's authentic to you. And it has like that, that, you know, brings in that niche audience that's looking for something a little bit different. Uh, so props, that's, con that's, that's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, my final question to you, uh, off of, you know, pretty much your brand and, and everything else, it goes back to your college days, Florida State. Florida State right now, Jonathan, unfortunately, everyone's talking about for the wrong reasons. Uh, they got left out of the college football playoff. What are your thoughts on that? You thought you think they get snubbed? Right. So my thing is, I don't necessarily know uh, how all of that works, but I do know that I'm supposed to be insanely furious. So I'm insane furious at what <laughs> happened and they absolutely got snubbed. And so um, I'm looking to learn more as I listen to the interviews and read all the headlines about what's going on. I mean, do you still have a lot of friends that you went to Florida State with who are up in arms? They're they're actually like yes, they actually they actually feel furious all over social media. Um, but a lot of the guys that I ran with there aren't there anymore. Okay, all right, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you're fantastic. I wish you the best of luck on the courts, uh, off the courts. Everything that you're doing is incredible. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. What a fantastic interview, right? It was worth waiting, right, to get through the technical difficulty. It's Friday, guys.
things are bound to happen, all right? It's all good. We're ready to go to the next segment now, which you already got a little preview of, but let me set it up because you need the context here. You need to understand why this makes sense or doesn't make sense. I haven't really decided yet uh, because I like to think of myself as pretty cool, right? I'm hip. I'm with it. Some would say. Some might not say. Anyways, uh, there is a new word of the year. Uh, Oxford Dictionary has declared the word of the year riz. You know what that means? It's short for charisma. Sometimes I feel like I need a translator to understand the Gen Z language. Uh, some of the words, they kind of make sense, like Riz, short for charisma. Okay, I get it. There are other words that honestly I cannot wrap even my own head around. Uh, so I wanted to see like if I was in a boat on my own or, or if everyone else was, was slightly as confused as I was. So I hit the streets in New York City to see if other people were just as confused uh, about what the kids are now calling things like Delulu. Yes, that's a real word. So uh, take a listen. And you can see what I found out. My friend, do you know what Riz means? Uh, yeah, Riz is like, it's like game. You know what game is? Like when you're trying. I don't have any, but I know what it is. It's like the new word for game. So meaning like you, you're able to speak well and, and get, you know, a date kind of. I do not. Do you have any guess? I can guess. What do you think? It's like, I don't know, Rassle Tassel. I don't know. Kind of. Actually, you're not too far off. Charisma. Yeah, Riz, Charisma. I've been able to talk someone up. Did you uh, read that online or did you already know what that meant? I'm on TikTok way too much. Okay, another word that has become very popular this year. Do you know what Menti B means? I don't know any of this stuff. I'm not on social media. I don't know any of it. What about Menti B? Do people use the word Menti B in real life? What is that? You don't know Menti B? I've never heard of Menti B. A mental breakdown? <laughs> what? Menti B. A mental breakdown. Oh, yeah, but Menti oh, B I didn't know that one. But I, I like that. I didn't know that, but I like that. Menti B, is that like the chocolate mint thing? <laughs> what does Menti B mean? I have no what? idea. I don't know what that is. Menti B, you heard You don't know Menti B? I've never heard Menti B. Never in my life. I know Men Cardi B. I never, I never heard Menti B. Cardi B likely has had a Menti B, a mental breakdown. Oh. Next one is Delulu. Delusional. Yeah, Delusional. you're crazy. <laughs> I am Delulu. Yeah. I am also Delulu. Yeah. Delulu. Like be delusional? Yes. Okay. You got one. All right. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Okay, is there any words that you can teach me? Because I feel like there's lots of new words popping up. What's one that you can talk to me about? Bunda. <laughs> what, what the hell does bunda mean? It's referring to a a large bottom. Whoa! <laughs> so, like, when... I think Nelly, if I am famously quoting, back in the day said that ash, ass is bodacious. It would be a bunda. Yes. Sorry, this just watching that over again. These reactions I was getting from people in the park were hysterical, uh, especially, of course, from some of the older people. They had just no idea. Uh, but the one guy who knew what Delulu meant, but he didn't know any of the other words, he, he guessed that Riz meant razzle dazzle. He actually was a big fan of the word Riz, and he said he was going to go back to the office and start using it in sentences. So I really hope that he did that.
uh, because that would be awesome. And I would love to hear the reactions from his coworkers. Um, okay, so there's a couple other words that have been popularized over the course of not just this past year, but really the past couple of years that are getting more traction uh, in the English language. And I'm just going to run through a couple of them with you because they're the ones that stand out to me. Uh, one is no cap. This one always throws me off uh, because I feel like people will throw it up on Instagram and they'll put no and then like the little blue baseball cap emoji. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I looked it up and it means for real, no lie. So like no cap. I guess I get it. I might try to use it in a sentence. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm, maybe I'm not as cool as I think I am. Maybe I should just stick to like real English words. Um, there's also situationship which refers to an ambiguous relationship, a romantic one, where all parties have mutual feelings for one another, but said feelings are not clearly defined. So it's a midpoint between dating and not dating, a situationship. Uh, there's also the word slaps, which is used to refer to something that is perceived to be good, particularly music, they're saying. So I would say like this song slaps. Um, I had some pizza already this morning. Yes, I've already eaten pizza this morning. I would say this pizza slaps. I mean, I'm going to use it for food too. There's also the word sus, which is like shady. So like, oh no, that man is sus. Or like this situation ship is sus. I'm just going to throw them all. This situation, situation, situation ship is sus, no cap. How do I sound? Do I sound like I'm making any sense? Uh, there's also understood the assignment. We're going to leave you on this because this is one of my favorite terms. I use it all the time. When you say you understood the assignment, like, you know what you're doing. Like, you did it right. Like, um, I understood the assignment when I put together the show today because it was phenomenal. Besides, you know, a couple little things here and there, like, who's counting, right? Uh, this whole week, I've understood the assignment. And I'm going to understand the assignment once again on Monday, which means you need to be here to watch me understand the assignment uh, as I get into the situationship that is my life, uh, this show slaps. There is nothing sus about it. I'm going to be spilling all the tea. Uh, how's that, everybody? No cap. Uh, that's it. I'm going to drop my papers down for that because I feel like I nailed it. I've got tons of riz. Uh, you do, too. I want to hear you use some of these words and sentences. And if you do, please comment the scenario in which you did. And I want to know the reactions of people because I feel like this could get pretty funny. So uh, make sure you're doing all that. Find me on social media at Charlie on TV. Everybody, thank you so much for spending the entire week with me here on Outkick the Morning. I love you all so much and I'll see you Monday.